This is the KPMG Board Insights Podcast, and this episode is about managing organizational health, disruption, and risk. Welcome to the KPMG Board Insights Podcast, brought to you by the KPMG Board Leadership Center. The KPMG Board Insights Podcast series features conversations with directors, business leaders, and governance luminaries to explore the emerging issues and pressing challenges facing boards today. In this episode, Stephen Brown, Senior Advisor with the KPMG Board Leadership Center, talks with Dr. Claudie Jules, Head of Google's Center of Expertise on Organizational Health and Change, about managing organizational health amid the unprecedented challenges of COVID-19. I'm Stephen Brown, Senior Advisor with the KPMG Board Leadership Center, Welcome to the podcast, a podcast where we talk to experts about critical priorities for boards and corporate leaders. In this episode, we'll discuss managing organizational health, disruption, and risk today. An important conversation for business leaders at any time, but to state the obvious, talking about organizational health and disruption today takes on a different urgency. The way we work, how we work, if we work, and with whom we work, has been affected by both the COVID-19 pandemic and the subsequent heightened awareness around inequality in American society after the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. We'll be joined today by Dr. Claudia Jules, a leading expert in organizational leadership and change at a company that was born a noun but quickly became a verb. You know it as Google. Dr. Jules heads Google's Center of Expertise on Organizational Health and Change, where he provides expert counsel to Google's businesses on performance and culture, and is also an advisor to Capital G's, Alphabet's Growth Equity Investment Fund, and to that firm's portfolio companies on leadership talent, organizational design, culture, and change. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jules, or Jules, as you like to be called. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. Looking forward to our dialogue. Well, we're happy you're, you're with us. And uh, uh, I'll start with that. Most board members and business leaders have heard of the term organizational health. And they've also likely been bombarded with different versions of the concept of disruption and disruptive innovation from the late, great Harvard Business School professor Clayton Christensen. So how do you think about organizational health and managing disruption, and why is mastering these concepts now more important than ever before? Well, you know, I'm thinking about your question, Stephen, and just the weight of where we are today, uh, and quite frankly, given the pandemic and, and all of the unrest that's happening in the world, things are different, and things are different now. And what I'm observing and witnessing is when it comes to our evolution that many companies right now are confronted with the reality of unprecedented demands and challenges, whether it's around how we redeploy talent, whether it's around how we set up uh, and prop up distressed supply chains or how we establish the right ways of working for remote workforces. Uh, or even contributing to humanitarian efforts and, and local efforts as it relates to that pandemic and, and also some of the social and, and, and racial uh, justice and equity issues that have surfaced. 
you know, I'm reminded by the fact that things are hard. And I'd be remiss if I didn't even also note the reality of the talent storm that we're dealing with today, choosing among you know, having to fire or furlough someone or to retain or to source. And so these realities are front and center, and we can't avoid them. They're at our doorstep. And in thinking about that and in, in the plans that we put in place to manage this kind of disruption, this uh, sort of environmental jolt, the reality is that companies are increasingly competing on speed, perhaps even more than strategy, and the need to better understand and, and manage their organizational health is even more critical to being continually adaptive, to uh, really think about how to become more agile in their organization and their own setup. And so for me, when I think about where we are in the time that we're in, it, it requires of us, and more importantly, it requires of leaders most notably, uh, whether it's at the board or management team level, that we think about organization, we think about strategic direction, leadership, culture, uh, our organizational design, diversity, equity, inclusion, well-being, all of these facets really do make up the totality of what we should be paying attention to when it comes to organizational health. And like any health system, looking at just one piece of that system in absence of looking at it as a whole, in the totality of it, the uh, complete gestalt, as I like to think of it, is truly limiting. And so organizational health uh, in its fullness really does matter, and, and even more so in this current context. For me, and, and perhaps for many of my colleagues at Google, we believe and define organizational health as the ability of a company to align and function effectively across six key pillars, namely strategy or strategic direction. Uh, in other words, does the company have a clear understanding of how they must operate to meet the demands and expectations related to their customers, their partners, their uh, key stakeholder groups, and the like? Uh, but it's also about culture. It's about how do we do things around here. It's about the mindsets and the behaviors that are front and center. It also includes the leadership, uh, the folks at the top who have the responsibility to usher in new ways of working and provide guidance to the mobilization of the workforce and how we execute our company strategy, but it also includes organizational design as well as talent. How do we structure and organize and set up the right governance and uh, help people to also think about how they make decisions, uh, but also how do you source the right talent? How do you assess that talent and create the right employee value proposition to uh, compel them and create the right meaningful work environment for them to thrive? Uh, it's what what's required of them in, in key roles, which is also a key element in thinking about talent. You know, those roles that have a disproportionate impact on the business and, and how do you create the right pipeline for that, for people to step into those roles successfully, which brings us to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, but what I also have found and something that's evolved more in my thinking and some of my colleagues is the real focus, explicit focus on well-being, especially at this point in time, mm -hmm. given, you know, re working remotely, working from home, and all of the uh, sort of daily stresses of life that we have to now juggle in addition to our work routines. So together, these pillars really do make up the totality of what we mean when we look at the human system, the organizational health of an enterprise. You know, so something else I've been thinking about as well 
uh, about organizational health and, and, and what it really takes to effectively optimize it to produce outcomes that are not only financially defendable, but socially desirable and environmentally required, is the focus around being and operating in an AI context. Um, I fundamentally believe, fundamentally believe that you know, one of the things that's going to be one of the most defining issues now and in the coming decade for leaders, most notably boards and, and board directors and governance professionals, uh, beyond just risk, beyond just governance, beyond just ethics oversight, is to respond to the opportunities that really, quite frankly, focus on organizational data and analytics and really do fuel machine learning algorithms and uh, artificial intelligence or AI. That's all around us in ways that allows boards and management teams to focus on material ESG issues, uh, ESG criteria that do generate the most value, whether it's related to diversity, equity, inclusion, or uh, whether it's related to investment in corporate citizenship or perhaps even being more environmentally aware that there are truly transformative technologies, AI-based technologies, that allow us to understand patterns of behaviors in the workplace uh, that really support the aims of an enterprise. And so where this really believes me and sort of my thinking and the evolution of how I've been sort of thinking about some of these challenges that we're, we're confronted with really is a real paradigm shift that's happening uh, in, in how we manage and how we cultivate and, and govern organizational health. And so one example of this, for instance, as I've been looking at proxy statements and proxy disclosures more and more I'm seeing companies are asking questions and reporting on human capital-related matters, mm -hmm. uh, particularly when it's related to uh, numbers perhaps in the composition of their workforce or uh, the demographics of their workforce or in terms of the strength of their management team or programs and initiatives related to creating more equitable and inclusive workplaces. And even just take, for instance, the focus around culture, how companies are even optimizing analytics that are producing or being produced by uh, machine learning algorithms. You know, in fact, MIT and Glassdoor uh, recently uh, did some work together in their collaboration where they started to look at Glassdoor ratings and other sorts of artifacts that exist uh, in, in the ether, if you will, in, as a way to make sense of the cultural context or cultural DNA of companies, which is just absolutely fascinating and just an example of how AI is really being leveraged to take advantage of data that exists out there, but in, in very productive ways. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the interesting things about what they were able to reveal in their study and their collaboration is the importance of agility. That seemed to be an important aspect of organizations. So, again, when we talk about disruption in the environment, I do believe we're going to see more and more companies adopting transformative technologies that allow them to be more agile. AI certainly being, and more specifically machine learning, being a key enabler for that. You know, it's, saying you're agile doesn't make it so because, you know, what we have seen and what COVID has revealed to us uh, and the difference, I believe, in companies that say they're agile and companies that truly are agile are, are ones that are capable of learning. It's not just enough to engage in improvisation or organizational improvisation where 
you are in a position where you can actually uh, see the difference between acting agile out of necessity, as we've seen uh, with the rise of COVID and, and, and the like, but more importantly, that being agile by design, that it's just sort of inherent, it's a repeatable capability. Where's the starting point on that journey if you're a leader, if you're a board member? Crisis, we know that crises, crises can often expose gaps and weaknesses and blind spots in anybody's organization, including how the board operates. And, and certainly COVID uh, and the economic unrest and heightened awareness around inequality has done that. Um, but where do you start? Once you understand that uh, there's a paradigm shift in how you operate and lead, uh, can you talk about what's the next step in the path for moving forward? Well, Stephen, I believe first and foremost you have to recognize that there is no off-the-shelf crisis response playbook for what we are dealing with right now. Um, there are ones that certainly come close in terms of dealing with organizational trauma, but make no mistake, you know, organizational trauma like a, a workplace shooting or the aftermath of 9-11 um, gives you at least a starting point to think about this really truly is different and requires a level of care and sensitivity that perhaps you may not ordinarily be part of your routine. And so the crisis we're dealing with right now, and by the way, let me qualify the, what I mean by crisis that I'm speaking to. It's specific to the pandemic uh, in, in what the pandemic has revealed which, by the way, first and foremost, what I believe COVID-19 has shown us is that while our response to it may have been varied, uh, the reality is we were completely unclear about how to respond. Um, the second thing I believe that's really important to point out is despite all the rhetoric, too many organizations, I believe, didn't have the right capabilities to respond. Let me put this in context, in a very practical context. So if you think about this in, in sort of a hyper-speed environment, hyper-speed focus, that working remotely and, and the digital infrastructure that is required to work remotely to operate in this new normal, uh, to be effective at running your business and the like, with so many people logging in from many different locations, remote locations, most notably their homes, mm -hmm. that no one could have ever anticipated the volume that would actually be able to, to support this and, and to do that successfully. It's sort of the proverbial, wow, we, you know, we had so many people logging into the end that we almost broke it. And sure. so the fact that our digital infrastructure wasn't quite up to snuff, I think really became much more apparent pretty early on, and, and certainly for, we've been able to adjust and course correct. Perusing some of your writings, including some of your most recent research, particularly uh, the Journal of Applied Behavioral Science, where you write about the uncomfortable revelations about an agile and sustainable organization uh, given this pandemic, you use the term, uh, just because you say you're agile doesn't make it so. Can you talk a little bit more about that in the Agile organization? In, in my view, uh, being Agile and, and really developing the agility capabilities requires managing and attending to your organizational health. And so you sort of need a healthy organization to have these routines built in and, and to be able to flex and adapt and adjust and pivot and make timely, effective decisions 
to support sustained change. Which brings me to my third point, which is the reality that the pandemic, uh, and, and it brings us to present day, what it's revealed is that um, we, we've had some silence in terms of our community silence on structural inequality, <clears throat> whether it's related to financial, social, or racial inequities that we're now confronted with, that the dialogues that are happening, uh, in some cases the very uncomfortable dialogues, we're not hiding from them anymore, which is a good and healthy thing. And so the realities of what we're faced with now, when I think about the opportunity that's presented to boards and management teams and what they should be thinking about really is reflected in the interaction, not only amongst themselves or in their own minds, but how do you strike the right balance between creating a hopeful future, optimism, but also sort of recognizing that in the context of the pragmatism of the realities of today. And, and one of the things that I think about is the fact that, you know, we're all in the storm together, but uh, we're now all in the same boat. And so that's just real mm -hmm. people. And so with that, I, I do think and believe that we have to look at and examine what does this mean for our sphere of influence as it relates to different stakeholder groups that we have to interact and do business with, whether it's the media, regulatory issues, or employees, or special interest groups that you do have to take into account. And here's where I would invite leaders to examine. You know, what are they doing that's in service of and, and connected to their core purpose, their core vision, mission, uh, their, their enterprise's reason for being? And, and at the same time, examining, you know, are they doing things in service of or, or against things that make the difference? Where, again, the ESG frame, you know, ESG outcomes and, and criteria really do matter and become truly important, particularly as what this pandemic has revealed for us is that the opportunity to heighten the sensitivity and the importance of ESG criteria as boards make sense of what uh, this current reality really means. Mm -hmm. I do believe is front and center. And again, what, what's been pulled forward is the importance of uh, this frame. And so the question I'm still left with is whether or not, for instance, uh, in, our, in relation to our social and civic responsibility in the communities that we operate in, or whether it's adherence to legal and regulatory frameworks or as it relates to data privacy, that one thing that's top of mind for me that I think really brings this together in some regards is the fact that you know, we're now looking at and dealing with cyber, cybersecurity, and, and, and will this give rise to the chief security officer in ways that perhaps we haven't seen before? And so now that we're seeing so many people in this new normal connecting from remote workplaces, that will require investments in, in security. That will require greater integrity in preserving data privacy. You know, these issues truly become more paramount for the effectiveness, the organizational health and success of a company today. And, and that's one of the questions I believe that's been presented for boards and management teams to really grapple with in ways that perhaps they haven't before. And so in that context, uh, the difference I believe and I've observed in terms of being agile and saying you're agile uh, is that you have to be deliberate in your organization's design when you put in place the right sort of uh, ways of working and cultural characteristics and sensing routines that allow companies to pivot and adapt to fail well, is sort of the mentality, sort of a scaling mentality, but most importantly, 
a growth mindset, a learning mentality that allows an organization to be much more uh, intentional about whether you call it a post-mortem, whether you call it an after-action review, whether you call it uh, just lessons learned that you are as deliberate about what are we learning and let's learn quickly to adjust. And, and, and so just because you are really good at responding and improvising in the moment or as an organization, you have the ability to do that, doesn't mean that will sustain you in every instance. Jules, prior to the pandemic, there was a lot of discussion in the business community and also the academic community around adoption of artificial intelligence, AI, and the possible displacement of humans, displacement of employees, and also the concept of reskilling. And I wanted to get your thoughts about reskilling and what that means and uh, how do we how should we think about the responsibilities of our organizations to be a great deal part of that thanks Stephen. I, I appreciate the question and you know the reframe for me not to paint too broad of a brush here is that in this broader digital or ai context uh, or the fourth industrial revolution as some folks often refer to it as that we're living through, I go beyond just sort of this idea that you have to reskill. For me, it's not about reskilling so much as it is about upgrading. That that as new, if you think about a mobile app and you get the new iteration of that, and you just have to download the software to upgrade. That's essentially what we're, we're saying here. And so it's no different from you know a, a notification again that lets you know, hey, it's time to upgrade. And so. For me, what, what sits behind that is this idea of learning, that in order for uh, people to be relevant and, and, and effective in their workplaces, that there's sort of a natural inherent, well, it requires learning and growth and, and upgrading and so that you can perform duties that require you to take fuller advantage of the technologies that exist out there that enable more effective ways of working to be in place. And so this is where I believe human and robot teaming becomes uh, really important. And, and with that, and I do believe this in my heart of hearts, you know, AI is the biggest technology disruption we've seen. And I also believe in my heart of hearts that it's also the biggest business enabler. Uh, in, in, in fact, there was a recent report I was reading that was produced by the uh, NACD, the National Association of Corporate Directors, where I believe 50% of the boards, and maybe even more now, as they were planning to improve the oversight of their digital transformations, that they recognized the importance of increasing and ensuring that their digital operating models uh, and the like were truly uh, upgraded and, and reflected uh, opportunities to really optimize technologies like AI to be more effective in their in their businesses. What are the questions should we ask as corporate leaders, as board members in this new paradigm? If you can give us some hints about uh, how we should be thinking about what to ask management in our next board meeting. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really interesting question. You know, if, if uh, the way I think about it is you know, if you did a town hall recently or, or conducted some form of an employee survey, you know, where I would start is, you know, what questions did you ask employees? And, and in that, I would dig into the wealth of the data and what it reveals to understand your organization's state of health, uh, feelings perhaps around physical safety or, or, or uh, mental health or 
questions about you know psychological safety and in, in, in with respect to how people might feel in terms of you know their uh, sort of dailiness and how they're being treated and, and, and perhaps even issues related to inequality or microaggressions. So these are some of the places where I think you can start. But related to that, I think the other question is, you know, are we the right board? Is, this, is our board fit for purpose? You know, and so, you know, other inquiries that uh, could be part of the conversation, for instance, if you think about, you know, a compensation committee, well, how do we incentivize our management teams around ensuring equity and, and more diverse and inclusive workplaces? Do we have pay parity throughout the organization? Uh, if you're an audit committee, perhaps you might be asking questions around, oversight of social and reputational risk, human capital risk. You know, what information should our internal audit be measuring and reporting back to the audit committee? Or maybe if you're the nomination committee, you might be asking questions around, do we have the right board composition? You know, is the diversity of, of the C-suite reflective of who we want to be and how we want to project ourselves to the rest of our world and our key partners and stakeholders, et cetera? So, What's the responsibility also in in creating a more change fluent and agile organization? How do we upgrade uh, the ability of our people to actually take advantage and really optimize some of these technologies so that we really are a modern enterprise? And note that your stakeholders, whether it's an employee or an investor or an activist, perhaps will be asking you of these questions. So it's just you know good business practice just to be out ahead of it. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Claudia Jules. Uh, you know, as I listen to you, I, I learned so much, and, and my takeaway, uh, probably the most important uh, term, is a pivot, uh, and that we are in a paradigm shift, and so we must pivot. Uh, and being agile means action, not simply words. And that uh, that phrase of reskilling, which we've just really adopted and started to learn about should actually be upgrading of skills of our staff and employees. Uh, and most importantly, uh, pivoting doesn't necessarily simply mean what's going on inside the corporation, but thinking hard about our own board operations and asking the tough questions of whether we're fit for purpose and what do we have to do to be better as a board to meet these new challenges. So thank you very much, Dr. Claudia Jules head of Google's Center of Expertise on Organizational Health and Change. I really appreciate you lending us your talents today. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for listening to our podcast episode on managing organizational health, disruption, and risk. Be sure to visit the Board Leadership Center website at kpmg.com slash us slash blc. For more resources and information for board members and business leaders, and be sure to subscribe to the Board Insights Podcast to be notified of new episodes.